It is Wednesday, February 22nd. I'm Scott Seidenberg. And I'm A.J. Hoffman. A busy night in college basketball. And a coaching change in the NBA. Here comes the Vegas Troop. This is Straight out of Vegas. We are straight out of Vegas AM, your daily destination for sports conversation with a Vegas lean. Here's what you need to know to start your day. The system goes two and two last night. The Atlanta Hawks fire head coach Nate McMillan. And Jacques Vaughn gets an extension in Brooklyn. What is the Vegas lead, Scott? We'll start in college hoops. We had uh, quite the night it was in a busy the top night. 25. Several teams in action with Several top 25 matchups, two ranked teams playing each other, including a few games that fit our system, AJ. Yeah, and those uh, those games end up going two and two. Uh, we'll run through them quickly, but Marquette, uh, 73-71 win at Creighton. Uh, it doesn't necessarily uh, seal a Big East championship, but it certainly makes it very likely that Marquette is going to be your Big East regular champ, regular season champion. Uh, their remaining schedule, DePaul, Butler, and St. John's, uh, only one of those games on the road. That is a, about as favorable as a schedule uh, down the stretch as you can get, which boy, it's pretty impressive when you consider that Marquette was picked to finish ninth or 10th mm. in the preseason polls. So for them to to go and, and likely, in all likelihood win this conference – uh, Shaka Smart should be getting some looks for Coach of the Year love. It's, it's a latest, really impressive performance. Latest Joe Lenardi bracketology, this is before last night's games. So it was yesterday morning where he released his latest bracket. He had Marquette as the four seed in the Midwest as the automatic qualifier out of the Big East. So nothing, I think, will change with the win last night. Oh, it's a road win at Creighton. Yeah, I, I, yeah. But, but I'm saying if he has them being the AQ out of the Big East, yeah, then They're, winning last night is, doesn't change the fact that he still has them winning the Big East tournament. Yeah, they'll, they'll be the one seed in the Big East tournament. I don't know if they'll win it. Mm-hmm. They will be the one seed in all likelihood. If they go through that tournament and win it, a four seed is likely for them? Oh, Three I, seed maybe? I think it has to be better than a, than a four seed for okay. sure. Okay. Um, yeah, they, they've this, this team, they swept Creighton now. Uh, they beat UConn. They beat Baylor. Uh, they've got some impressive wins on their on their resume. We call uh, them quad one, quad two. Yeah, yeah. They've got, they've got <laughs> some impressive quad one work that they've done. Um, I've done some impressive quad work, but this, this win at you know this win at Creighton is one of the biggest wins. There was some late game shenanigans. Maybe Creighton had a, a huge lead at halftime. They felt like they were cruising. Thirteen uh, zero run for Marquette in That'll the second it. half, and Creighton came all the way back t- and was you know basically right there in the game. They were down by two in the last few seconds. They inbound the ball. Nimhard knocks the ball away clean, right to Ryan Kalkbrenner, who's standing under the basket, ready to just lay it in mm-hmm. and send it to overtime. They call a foul. Nimhard is—it's incredulous. Like he's like, what are you, "How can this be?" It's—it was a pretty clean play. Listen, I don't know that that uh, Marquette would have gotten smashed in overtime anyway. The system play may have been dead. Period. Mm-hmm. And. But, 
full disclosure, I was on Creighton in this game. I would have loved to see overtime. I don't know that Creighton was going to cover, but there certainly should have been a chance to uh, to win that game in well, overtime. Don't blow an eight-point halftime lead. Uh, that's usually that's what I would say if I were the coach. I would yeah. say, hey, you guys shouldn't have done that. Uh, the next system play was Michigan State in Indiana. This one, Michi- or Michigan State started slow. I think it was 8 nothing, 10 nothing to start. Indiana just came out, house of fire. It was all downhill from there for Indiana. Michigan State dominates this game, 80 to 65 winners. And we talked about the emotion of Michigan mm-hmm. State, how it that showed. would play. In. Boy, like, listen, and kudos to Indiana. Like, Mike Woodson was wearing a, a, a Spartan Strong mm-hmm. shirt. Like, the it was it was clearly a very emotional setting, uh, and the team rode that wave, 80 65 win, clean strong win. So now the system's at one and one. The other two games. Miami, they may be a system buster. Yeah, uh, some one of our listeners tweeted that at me because uh, we had brought it up on yesterday's show that Miami beat North Carolina when North Carolina yeah. was a system play. And then one of our listeners tweeted at me, the U is just the system killer. What I said yesterday, and I, I think it's even more true now, Miami is its a team that the market, or the, I guess the analytics and the market, are slow to come around to. They uh-huh. keep posting plus numbers on this team in situations where – I think it would make perfect sense for them to be favored. This was one last night. It ended up being a stay away for me on the side. I actually had the total uh, in this game. But Miami, really impressive on both ends. And getting a road win like this, which, by the way, this this seals Virginia Tech is not a tournament team. Uh, But Miami now 23-5, 14-4 in the ACC yet constantly doubted. It's a it's a really confusing thing what's going on with them, but no one seems to believe in this team. Uh, their last two games, Florida State and Pitt, both home games, they're expected to win both of those games. If they do that, they'll be 16-4, and 25-5 overall. I mean, you're talking about probably a, a four seed at worst, if that's the case, assuming they have a decent run in the ACC tournament. Uh, but outside of Virginia, I don't know that there's a team that's going to be more respected come tournament time than Miami. The last system play is a winner. Texas A&M gets you to the window. Uh, if you back them, they continue to surprise, maybe much like Miami. And it, I'm not a believer in Texas A&M. I am a believer in Miami. So maybe I'm being, uh, I'm being unfair here. Texas A&M moves to 13-2 and in SEC play. 21 and 7 overall. They get a 68-63 win over Tennessee. And this one was interesting because uh Santiago Vescovi was there was he was questionable if he was going to play. Mm. He ended up playing. Josiah Jordan James did not. Julian Phillips did not. So they had some guys that were that were doubtful who warmed up and you saw some late movement on the line. Didn't matter at the end of the day. Those guys didn't play. Texas A&M played a really good ball game. And it's, it's, you know, 63 points for Tennessee. Again, we question if, if, if this team's offense is good enough at times. And last night was one of those times where it wasn't. And this game was tied at 31 at, the, at halftime. And I thought maybe Tennessee was going to, to go on some sort of a run at some point. They did not. Uh, and it was a, a, a nice, clean win, mostly on the back of uh, – of, of some good shooting and a lot of free throws. A&M lived at the line and made 28 out of 34, including 16 of 17 
for Wade Taylor, who had 16 of his 25 points from the free throw line. So a huge win for Texas A&M. As far as their seeding. Has has AM played Alabama yet? They've not. Oh, that's going to be a great yeah, game. I, I, in fact, I believe that is the last game of the season. Last game for, of the regular for season? For Texas A&M, yes. Wow. 70, uh, it's projected as a, a four-point loss for A&M, but you know, a lot of games are projected as a loss for a Where, where is that game? Uh, that's a home game. That's a, a Texas A&M home game. We're, we're going to take the Aggies. Okay. Yeah. Well... Some interesting news. Well, I guess guess let's go through the rest of the scores, but I do want to get to the interesting news uh, out of Alabama. Uh, The other finals of of note in the top 25, Villanova gets an upset win over Xavier, 64-63. Texas handles their business against Iowa State, and San Diego State handles Colorado State. Oh, I did miss one, 75-65, Kansas State. Handles Baylor. That's a big win for Kansas State. Who yeah, they were dogs. Baylor was the yeah, favorite. Yeah, Kansas State dominates at home. Is this is a team that? You, I mean, again, who Jekyll knows? How and much, Hyde. Who knows how much you can trust them come tournament time because they won't be playing any home games. Uh, they're in the octagon of doom. But for now, it, it, you, you want no part of fading Kansas State while they're at home. Alabama. We know earlier this season there was a story where they had a player who was involved in a killing. Mm-hmm. He's off the team. And it's and w- when we talked about it at the time, I said, Darius Miles is like a, he's like the 11th player on yeah. Alabama. He's not a, not a factor. Well, now, uh, yesterday, we get news that Alabama freshman Brandon Miller brought him the gun that was used to kill that woman. Brandon Miller matters a lot. Mm. Brandon Miller is the best player on Alabama's team. Uh, he is one of the best players in the country. He is one of the best freshmen in the country. He is a- elite. Uh, Ken Palm does a player of the year ranking. Uh-huh. He's currently fifth in Ken Palm's player of the year rankings. <sighs> wow. The, now, Nate Oates has said some things that, that make it sound like he's going to be in the clear. He's not been charged with a crime. Uh, Nate Oates said he was aware of the involvement. He understands. Uh, but there, he said there's nothing they can charge him with. And I hope that's the case. At least I hope for, for Alabama's sake that does that's the, the case. Does the kid play tonight? Alabama's at South Carolina. I would assume. I would assume. Again, Nate Oates said they've been fully cooperating with law enforcement the entire okay. time. This, it, And like I said, they've known about this. Mm-hmm. This is just the first time it's become public. Okay. So how much – I think to me the, the question becomes how much of an impact does it have on on him, you, you know, having that attention brought to him. Luckily for Alabama, they are playing far and away the worst team in the SEC in South Carolina. So, I mean, it's – So no interest in the Gamecocks plus the 17-and-a-half. No, none for me. <laughs> I mean, Brandon Miller's head could fall off and Alabama could still beat Georgia by 20 – or South Carolina by 20. I, I don't I don't have a good feel for, for what they look like. I don't want to bet Alabama, certainly. Uh, but this is, a, this is a weird situation for Alabama, mm-hmm. certainly, because it was one thing when it was a guy who – was essentially like a, a bench, not on the team, a bench, yeah. A role playing bench guy. Now it's like your superstar. And Nate Oates mentioned as much. Listen, we want to make sure, and we're totally transparent here because Brandon Miller's going to play in the NBA. And when coaches are going through everything about the guy, they they're going to want to ask all these questions. Yeah. They're going to want to know exactly what's going on with him. So it's a weird, it's a weird situation right now. 
but suddenly a bad situation got a little, at least a little murkier at mm-hmm. best uh, with this involvement of Brandon Miller in the crime. What, do we, what else do we have tonight? We know number two Alabama, 17 and a half point favorites at South Carolina. What else we got in the top 25? Yeah, I don't, I don't know that I'll uh, have a TV tuned to that one. Seems like, <laughs> it seems like one we can probably let slide, but th- there is, uh, there are some good games. Uh, Providence is going to be at UConn. UConn favored by seven and a half points. Virginia, eight point favorites on the road against Boston College. This this could be a low-key good game. Tulane is catching 14 and a half points at Houston. Tulane's been playing good ball lately. They're 10 and 3 in the conference. Of course, Houston's 13 and 1 in conference mm-hmm. and they're at home. But 14 and a half points is certainly tempting. And then you mentioned Alabama, a huge favorite at is South this Carolina. Houston's first game since being crowned number one? No. It is not. They've they've played a couple games there because they were. It was last week that they became oh, number okay. one. So okay. yeah, okay. Uh, but they and they played uh, Memphis last week, which was a huge game for them. Memphis is kind of considered the second best team mm-hmm. in that conference. Uh, they ended up winning that game by eight. This game and the last game of the season at Memphis. Those are the two interesting games left for Houston, uh, who looks like they're just going to cruise to a one seed as, as of now. While the NBA is still on its all-star break, there was news yesterday as the Atlanta Hawks have fired head coach Nate McMillan, and uh, I guess they will start their search immediately for for a new head coach. It's not going to be an interim situation. They want to bring in their future head coach, which kind of makes me feel like this thing was being negotiated uh, behind the scenes, like whoever they hire. I know the rumors out there that Quinn Snyder could be the guy. Like when you fire a coach midseason and you're not just making the in, the assistant coach like the interim coach for the rest of the season, you're going to hire somebody from the outside already? Kind of makes me think like some strings were being pulled Kinda already. That way. Yeah. yeah. Let's bring in Mackenzie Rivers. Mac, what can you tell us about the Atlanta Hawks? And was it all Nate McMillan's fault? Oh, none of it was Nate McMillan's fault, but – that doesn't mean Nate McMillan could stay or Nate McMillan didn't have to go. Whenever you have a player like Trey Young, uh, the franchise is built around him. And if there's friction, if there's any kind of lack of trust between your head coach and your best player, this was written on the wall. As soon as that story came out about Trey Young not going to a game after he had some scuffle with Nate McMillan versus the Nuggets, the only surprising part is the timing because it seemed like he was going to just coach out the string. Zero chance he was going to be the coach next year, but... The fact that they're making this move now, maybe there is some competition for a, a name like Quinn Snyder, and they're trying to get that uh, that ink signed now. Oh, so you're saying competition like other teams could hire Quinn Snyder, exactly. not that like that that Quinn was was, was try, tr- trying to get the job. Exactly. No. Yeah. Okay. That makes that makes same sense thing with now. Kenny Atkinson. You know, he's he's a valuable name that uh you know more than one by the summer more than one team would would like to have on 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 their team. Well, I mean, naming Millen, this is a a guy who. Uh, at least, I you know, I'm no NBA expert. When I see 98 and 80 uh, at, at Atlanta, I'm yeah. thinking, man, this dude is exceeding expectations for a franchise that hasn't had very much success. Like, this this seems like something that they should be excited about, but yet he's fired. Explain what's happened here that, that led to his dismissal. Well, they brought in DeJounte Murray, and the idea was they were going to have this new-look offense, and it wasn't all going to be on Trey Young, and... Uh, for whatever reason, it, it hasn't worked out that way. And remember, tr- Nate McMillan came in, and they were an average team. They had just fired Lloyd Pierce, which was kind of uh, con- contested, controversial in NBA circles. 
And they immediately won on, like, their best run in recent in the last two decades. You know, they won, like, 75% of their games. They made the Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah, won a couple playoff series. Yeah, yeah they beat the Sixers, and they, they, they pushed the Bucks. They, they lost only in six. But they've kind of plateaued from that. And Nate McMillan ha- doesn't bring anything to the table. Um, you know, he's kind of an old-school guy and is not personality-wise meshing with their best player. So if they weren't going to be elite, uh, you know, there's too much, there's too much smoke there. So this boils down to more player empowerment in the NBA. But uh, the this, player wins over the coach. That's the point I'm trying to make. If when it's the Lakers and when it's LeBron, this is a this is like a massive story that gets debated on every single talk show around the country, right? LeBron got another coach fired, right? LeBron's the GM. It's like Trey Young. This is a story for one night and that's it. And they they it should be said that they're one of the more disappointing teams. They're been very consistent the last couple of years, two points better than an average team. This year, they're one point worse. So, you know, it's not like they had a lot to protect. It's not like they were having, uh, you know, there was glimmer of hope on the horizon. So this is just, I mean, what are you going to do? You can't move Trey Young. <laughs> they actually did. They had Luka Doncic. They drafted him, the best player of his generation, arguably. They had him in tow, and they traded him for Trey Young. That is going to go down because of turmoil years later like this as one of the uh, most fateful decisions in, in at least in Atlanta Hawks history. Yeah, Hawks 29 and 30, the current 8th seed in the Eastern Conference, so right in that uh, play-in game picture, but they are four and a half games back of the Knicks who are in that 6th seed, so that safe territory there. Uh speaking of New York teams, the Brooklyn Nets made a decision and uh, they have removed the interim tag from Jacques Vaughn. He is the uh, head coach with a multi-year extension. Right move for Brooklyn? Yeah, it makes sense. It's uh, a steady ship. They want to be like a normal team. You know, they don't want to be a first-take team anymore. This, this kind of gets them there where there's not going to be a big turmoil in the summer about what they're going to do with Jack Vaughn. And performance-wise, as an assistant, you know, he's been lauded for a lot of years. And since he's joined the team, since he became their head coach, they've performed a lot better. Uh, eighth in defense. They don't have defensive players. So eighth in defense on the season after starting off as the worst defensive team, uh, you know, it's laudable. And, and he deserves uh, he deserved his opportunity. The, the fact that they made it permanent now, it just seems like a, like a PR smoothing. So the Nets are 34 and 24 on the season. They're currently the fifth seed. But since Jacques Vaughn took over, they're 32 and 19, which was on November 1st when Steve Nash got fired. Yeah. That's the fifth best record in the NBA since November 1st. It's the regular season. The teams that win are bought in. They, Steve Nash said it. They're not listening to me. As soon as they got their wish or they got uh, a guy they like to get the helm, they, they, uh, they paid it forward. They said, you know what, let me, let, let's, let's prove that it was the right decision. And they, they've played with a lot of intensity since then. However, since February 1st, since Kyrie Irving uh, stopped playing and was mm-hmm. later traded, They've been the 27th best defense. Mm. So they've kind of let go of the rope, whether that's just uh, distraction or a few bad games in a row. Uh, it's something to look out for. I don't think they're as good as the eighth best defense on one the season. A, one other nugget, Lonzo Ball is going to miss the remainder of the season. Uh, were the Bulls even going to make any noise anyway? No. And you could ch- chart the Bulls' trajectory, their ELO rating, their season over season like power rating. Their Stro- Craig ELO rating? Exa- <laughs> yeah, Cavs. Got yeah. it. NBA. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> like a straight down, uh, jumped off a cliff type moment when Lonzo Ball last January stopped playing. They stopped being good on offense. They don't have uh, ball movers and they stopped being good on defense. He was one of their only elite defenders. They bring in Pat Beverly to play that role. He's about 10 years past that, uh, you know, past the ability to be a, mm. a starting NBA player. So uh, 
more bad news for Chicago. Uh, they really haven't been a good team since he's been hurt, Lonzo Ball. One more day of the All-Star break. The NBA will resume on Thursday. Let's talk some football. No, not the XFL. We did enough of that, and and, and we'll preview Thursday's game. We'll get a little play from Fez on the XFL coming up uh, tomorrow. But let's talk about Brock Purdy, McKenzie's quarterback. That's my quarterback. That's my <laughs> That's my teammate. My teammate. That's my quarterback. Uh, Brock Purdy, according to a report from the NFL Network yesterday, he's not going to have the procedure on his elbow. Not yet. He saw a doctor, and the doctor said that there's still swelling in his right elbow. They're going to wait until they reconvene or, you know, early March or whatnot, and then determine when to have the procedure to repair the torn UCL. The good news is, though, is that if he has surgery sometime in March, six-month recovery period is what they're projecting. That means late August, September at the worst, Brock Purdy's back on the field. So, McKenzie, knowing this, is Brock Purdy the starting quarterback week one for the 49ers? Week one is cutting really close. I'd say it's 60-40 that Trey Lance will be the starter week one. Okay, is Brock Purdy the starter week four? Good question. I don't know. How good is Trey Lance? That ends up being uh, what it boils down to. I think they're going to give him um, an opportunity, Trey Lance, that is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if he, he's got to be better than Purdy was this year, which is a tar- tall order. Purdy was like nine yards per attempt, you know, very few interceptions, lots of touchdowns. Uh, Barring that, barring a, a crazy start from Trey Lance, I think they give Brock Purdy another chance to keep going. Well, yeah, because I think we all agree here that if Brock Purdy's not injured, Brock Purdy's QB one going into next year for the 49ers, and there's not a, there's not a doubt about it. In, in, 40, in 49ers land, there would be, but I don't think uh, I don't think there should be. Yeah, yeah. and so I, I think. I'm not saying that he can get Wally pipped. I mean, he essentially did the Wally pipping himself, Brock Purdy. Yeah, but. I don't foresee Trey Lance playing out of his mind for the first two weeks or three weeks of the season where Kyle Shanahan's going to be like, all right, Brock's on the bench and 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 Trey Lance is our quarterback. Uh, to me, like when I hear that he's still got so much inflammation because he was supposed to have surgery today, it's been delayed now. The fact that there's still so much inflammation in the elbow that they're not willing to operate when – I mean, when, when was the last time Brock Purdy played? It's been like a month almost. Mm-hmm. Like, how is how can that be that there's still that much inflammation? But there's a he's torn still been, muscle in there. But he, I'm not a listen, doctor. I don't know. Does that seem listen, crazy? I, I, this is someone. I blew my ACL out. Uh, uh, three weeks later, it looked normal. It wasn't normal. Yeah. But it looked normal. <laughs> like I, what I'm saying is, if if it's still so swollen that they can't even operate a month later. I, I don't know how they can even know that it's going to be re- he's ready to go at the beginning of the year. Guy probably should have you know not used his elbow after the, after the game. You know, he should have just kept it immobile. I don't know. What he's I, I don't know. I don't know what he's doing with those elbow muscles. Uh, let's talk about the Ravens. Todd Munkin, their new offensive coordinator, he made some interesting comments about Lamar Jackson. He had an introductory press conference yesterday and essentially was saying that he's not worried if Lamar Jackson is not available for the off-season workouts or for the start of the season. Yeah. 
<laughs> it, it just, I, I would think that uh, you would want Lamar Jackson there, and if he's not there, you'd be very concerned. Unless he feels like there's going to be another quarterback there that he's going to be working with, not named Lamar Jackson. Well, either way, it can't. Neither one of those things is a good thing for. Uh, if you're Todd Monk and you show up at Baltimore and you're like, "All right, let's get let's get to work," uh, what are we looking like with Lamar? I don't know. Maybe he shows up for camp. Maybe he doesn't. All right, no big deal. What? And what what he said was, "We know what we know what Lamar's strengths are, and we know that he's going to uh, he he could just come in and we'll we'll play to his strengths." That's. That's odd. Uh, that that's an, that's an odd thing to say, and I I don't know how you can feel that way. How you can feel like it's no big deal if the the guy who literally is the key to everything your offense yeah. does isn't there. Well, you, especially with the new offensive coordinator, you got to get working with this guy. And I would think that any any quarterback that is a franchise quarterback wants to get work right away with the new offense coordinator, wants to get the playbook in his hands, wants to start learning the terminology, wants to start familiarizing himself with the tendencies of the offensive coordinator. Otherwise, they're coming into the season, if Lamar's contract takes a long time, they're going to go into the preseason and just, you know, Lamar's not going to play in the preseason, or maybe he will, I don't know, but they're going to be, they're going to be behind the eight ball. All this says to me is be very cautious of the Baltimore Ravens going into the season. I mean, I think nobody can not be cautious about Baltimore without knowing the status of Lamar. Like, if if unless they say, "Hey, Lamar Jackson's franchised and he'll, you know, he's he's under contract for this year," and Lamar says, "Okay, I'm going to play on the franchise." Like, I'm just going to assume that there's strife between these two parties until it gets settled, because there's there's no reason to expect anything other than strife between those two parties. Like it, it, we went into this season, this last season, expecting it to, to be worked out by now. It's still not worked out. I don't know when it gets worked out. It seems like every, every team can get it together with their quarterback, except Baltimore. I don't understand what the holdup here is. Like, well, there's it, been examples of this. We got Washington, Kirk Cousins. That was a disaster. They paid him more money than anybody, and then they let him go for nothing. And the Cowboys, where they paid him one year, $38 million, then they signed him to a long-term contract after that. I think in both cases, everyone was like, they have all the leverage, and they used it, and it didn't work out for either franchise. I guess the difference to me is, well, like Washington, I, I don't know that anybody thought Kirk Cousins was for sure the answer. I really, No, they obviously didn't. They kept pushing his contract back until he ended up going to a different team. Like if, but it, And I guess you could say the same with Dak. But with yeah, they Lamar, did, they weren't believed enough. They didn't believe enough. What does Lamar have to do? I agree. Uh, Lamar We're won an MVP. Like, it, and go look at the record of the Baltimore Ravens in the games that Lamar Jackson plays, and look at the games where he doesn't play. There's no question that your team needs Lamar Jackson, and that's the other thing. This is going to sound terrible. You can find another Kirk Cousins. Yes. Okay. <laughs> There aren't other Lamar Jacksons. Guys like him just don't they're, they they don't come available. So if you and the Ravens have built their offense to fit Lamar Jackson and now they're like, "Yeah, don't know if we need Lamar." I mean, maybe they're changing it when they brought in Munkin, it's like are they keeping their options open to be an air raid type team with another quarterback? I don't know. But yeah, current as currently constructed and maybe this is a transition year, they're built around something that they don't have under contract. Let's move on to another quarterback that is uh, currently on the market right now, and that is Derek Carr, who had a visit with the New York Jets on Monday. And according to reports that came out yesterday, the Jets told Derek Carr 
that if he comes to New York and wins, he'll be a first ballot Hall of Famer. Let's forget about Derek Carr's numbers as they exist right now. If Derek Carr wins a Super Bowl with the New York Jets, is he a Hall of Famer? Oh, yeah. If he wins a Super Bowl, I I think, yeah. Um, I don't know about him being a Hall of Famer. I I mean, if he goes and he wins a Super Bowl, certainly. But winning a Super Bowl with the Jets uh, is easier said than done. We Like, Joe Namath did it, and then uh, it hasn't happened since. Yeah. So... And by the way, Joe Namath did not have Hall of Fame numbers. No. Joe Namath is in the Hall of Fame yeah. because of that Super Bowl win. That's it. He and wasn't even good in that Super Bowl. No. Yeah. But uh, but you win a Super Bowl in New York, chances are good you're going to be in the Hall of Fame. Here's something that I found interesting. Derek Carr's 32nd on the all-time passing list. He is what? How, how old is he? 30, 31? Right? He's still young, right? Yeah. Derek Carr? 31, yeah. 31. If he plays for... Let's call it 10 years. Now, maybe he doesn't play that long, but let's call it 10 years. How high on this list could Derek Carr go? He's at 35,000 passing yards. He's been in the league for a while, right? He's been in the league for since 2014. Yeah. I, listen, I do think at some point we can't put quarterbacks in based on how many yards you throw for because – Every quarterback who plays from now going forward is going to be better than, okay, than Troy Aikman let's, let's at just, this point. Let's just say he plays nine more years. He doubles exactly what he did in his first nine years. He's sitting here as the currently 70,000 yards would be fifth all time. And if he wins a Super Bowl with the New York freaking Jets, yeah, that's Hall of Fame worth it. Yeah. No, I agree with that. So oh, I, can, I, can, I don't think that the Jets pitching – Derek Carr on that idea is necessarily crazy. I think it's a realistic conversation that they could have. Say, but hey, here's the question: Does he have to? Does he have to play for the Jets to to achieve <laughs> yeah. this? Like, no. But your legacy is that much bigger if you do it in New York and if you do it for a franchise that hasn't won since Super Bowl three. By the way, Derek Carr in his first game next season is likely to pass Jim Kelly on the all-time passing yards list. Yeah, like. We've got to stop talking about passing yards. But can he catch up to Kirk Cousins is the question. That's the big question. Or Andy Dalton. Will he catch Andy Dalton right on the all-time passing list? Who, by the way, Andy Dalton, I don't know if he's going to play anymore, but if Andy Dalton puts up 2,300 more yards, he'll pass Joe Montana and Johnny Unitas. So <laughs> uh, you never know. You never. I, I just feel like the, the, like the numbers now are always going to be inflated. It's about what you do outside of that. If he thinks he can win a Super Bowl in, in, in New York – by all means, do it. I think most of these quarterbacks now, with the numbers they put up, if they win a Super Bowl, they're going to be looked at as probably a Hall of Famer uh, because obviously we know how important the quarterback position is. So if these guys can go and win a Super Bowl wherever it is, New York, Washington, Philly, I, I don't think it matters, you become a Super Bowl champion, suddenly your Hall of Fame resume looks a lot better. All right, Jets next year play the Chiefs. Not, not, not good. Chargers. Okay. Not 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 good. They're playing the AFC West. Eagles. Okay. Pretty good team, yeah. They do play the Commanders and the Texans and the Falcons. They also play the Broncos, the Raiders, Cowboys, Giants, Browns. With Derek Carr, how many wins do the New York Jets have next season? Oh God. I I, I couldn't even I couldn't even begin to uh to, to venture a guess. I'll give them two and You'll two. You'll give them the twelve division. and a half. 
I'll give them, <laughs> I'll give them two Thought and two. About this? I'll give them two and two in the division. Okay. Okay. Or no, three and three in the division, right? So we'll, I'll, we'll give them split of the division games. So three and three in the division. I'll give them wins against the Commanders, Texans, and Falcons at home. Okay. We're at six wins right now. Yep. I'll give them wins against, oof. Let's go Broncos and Raiders. Okay, so how many wins are they up to? That's eight wins. Okay, so if, then we, you got the if we stop the right now, get to ten. if we stop right now, yeah, eight wins. If we stop right now, that will be the second time in ten years that the Jets have had at least eight wins. <laughs> I feel like Jets, like the Jets fans, are going to be so optimistic about what they saw this year that it's like all of a sudden they're, we're, we're winning the Super Bowl, like completely forgetting they were seven and ten last year. Seven and ten with both rookies of the year. Yeah, (laughs) winning the Super Bowl, baby. What do you? I mean, I will say this: I gave out on the dream preview as one of my best bets in the off season, over five and a half wins for the New York Jets. Okay, I can tell you, assuming the quarterback situation improves greatly, whether it's Derek Carr or somebody else, or a guy from Sunset Park, as we often say, I will be given out. I will be giving out. Jets over their season win total. Well, what, what's it going to be? It's probably going to be six and a half to seven. It's going to be more than six and a half. Seven and a half. They won seven this year. So seven and a half. If they add a quarterback, at least eight. I think, I think it'll it's going to be eight and a half. I think it'll be eight, eight and, and a half, half. half at, at least. If they That's have Derek Carr, it's a lot of respect for the Jets. If they eight have their, if they have Derek Carr, it'll at least be eight and a half, in my opinion. Well, then I'll go. I'll go over. Okay. I'll go over the Jets win total. Jets are going to win nine games. All right. That will be the second time since 2010 that they've won nine games. Yeah. Coach of the year. <laughs> hey, I mean, you'd have to be, honestly. You'd have to be. As we previewed yesterday, it was a night of massive favorites in the NHL last night, including several system plays. The first being the favorites of minus 400 or greater. We had detailed this trend in the NHL, 12-1 and one straight up, 11 of the 12 wins covering the minus a goal and a half puck line. We'll now make it 13-1 and one with 12 of those 13 wins covering the one and a half puck line as the Lightning blow out the Ducks 6-1. to one. I unfortunately gave out Lightning in the first period as a play last night on pregame.com. It was 0-0 after the first uh. period. And the reason why I did give that out is, and, and look, if you guys want me to give out a play that you're paying uh, you know, for and to tell you to bet minus 250, I think that's a little irresponsible, to be honest with you. I try to look for angles that uh, can satisfy both a good betting edge, value in the market, and also a little bit of bankroll management and discipline. Like I wrote in my write-up, it wouldn't be exactly a, a sharp move for me to say, bet the Lightning minus 600. Because you know what? That's a play that you're not going to get anywhere else, guys. You could shop and get 550. Oh, yeah, yeah. You could shop and get – it's important to shop around. Hey, 550 is better than 600, right? And I guess I'm seeing consensus here was 526 was the lowest, the best line you could have gotten. But on the puck line – That's really where you could have played this thing. It was minus 205 was the best line you were going to get on the minus a goal and a half puck line. Tampa wins 6-1. to I played him in the first period, 0-0 after one, go figure. Elsewhere, Carolina, minus 370. They win. They cover the puck line. They win 4-1. to The Devils were minus 375. Well, you would think they win and they cover the puck line. No, not so much. 
Devils lose 5-2 to two to the Canadians. And Lindy Ruff, that's their head coach, AJ. Lindy oh, Ruff. I didn't know that. <laughs> after the game, tells reporters that several players on the Devils have been battling illness. And most of the guys are playing through it. Do you remember in The Wedding Singer when the, the Sandler's fiance, you know, just show like doesn't show up to the wedding? Yeah, yeah. And then she comes the next day and, and she's like, I just I just thought I couldn't get married. And he gives the famous line. Once again, things that could have been brought to my attention yesterday. That's how I felt. After the game. Look, I didn't bet on the Devils, so I didn't give out the Devils pick and loss. But, you know, as, like, a hockey fan and, a, and an observer, like, if I would have known this information, I probably would have said, give me Montreal plus 290. Well, Canadians win. Devils are actually going to take the day. Uh, most of the players are going to take the day off today and get some rest and get healthier before their next game. Uh, there's going to be an update on the players, I guess, uh, tomorrow or whenever the head coach speaks again. Uh, speaking of underdogs that won also, Detroit a 3-1 win in Washington. Boy, it seems like the Capitals uh, certainly missed this Alexander Ovechkin guy as he uh, unfortunately had some uh, family stuff to deal with back in Russia. Did his dad die or something I saw? Uh, I, I don't I don't know. I, didn't, I just know that okay. he had some, uh, some family stuff that he was back. In, he had to fly back to Russia, so he missed his fourth game uh, for Washington, and you're asking, well, how have they done uh, without him? Well, they have lost every game that they have played Is that without good? him. Yeah. Seems not good. So uh, the Capitals lose 3-1 to one without their captain, and he could actually come back this week because he is uh, flying back. Elsewhere, Toronto wins 6-3. to three. They were minus 182 favorites on the best line you could have found. Minnesota, a 2-1 win over L.A. They were minus 130. Nashville in overtime, or in a shootout, actually, beats Vancouver 5-4. They were minus 170. What a, what a finish in this one. Nashville's up four to two and you're thinking i got nashville minus 170 i got nashville on the puck line we're, we're looking great nope vancouver scores not one but two goals one goal with a minute seven left to make it four three and then another goal with 16 seconds left to tie the game at four send it into overtime also at the end of the second period it was a 2-1 game nashville leading Vancouver scored with 22 seconds left to tie it 2-2. And then 12 seconds later with 10 seconds left in the period, <laughs> Nashville scored. This was just a wild game to watch. Uh, so Nashville wins 5-4. Vegas was minus 295 in Chicago, another big favorite. They lost 3-2 in a shootout to the Chicago Blackhawks, go figure. And then a three-star play I gave out on pregame.com, the Edmonton Oilers. Minus a goal and a half as they were minus 350 favorites looking to snap out of a four-game losing skid. Edmonton wins 4-2 to two over those Philadelphia Flyers. So we cashed that ticket. Feel really good about that one. Let's take a look at what we have on your schedule tonight. Islanders host the Jets, New York minus 120. The Flames are at the Coyotes, Calgary minus 205, Mullet Arena, and the Blackhawks. Oh, we got a double system, boys. A double system. 
We got the Blackhawks playing the second night of a back-to-back on the road. (laughs) And the Stars, whom host that game, minus 430. So here we go. We got the minus 400 or greater favorite that is now 13-1 and straight up with 12 of those 13 wins by a goal and a half. Or more, obviously, by more than one goal. We also now have the road dog on the second of a back-to-back. Now 52 and 105 on the season. And get this, McKenzie. I did a little uh, query of my own last night or yesterday during the day. Of those 105 losses for those road dogs on the second of a back-to-back, 77 of them have been by more than one goal. So real quick, what's 77 out of 105? That's 73%. Hmm. We got the Stars against the Blackhawks. Kind of feels like a 73% play on Dallas minus a goal and a half. That's not all. Just query this. If you are on a back-to-back like the Blackhawks are, Mm -hmm. you win as a plus 200 underdog and you're a plus 200 dog again, you are 9-32. and Betting against them every single time, plus 5.5 units. Wait, so if – oh, you're saying if you're the the system play, the road dog, right, that's on the second of a back-to-back, if you had an upset win in the first leg of your back-to-back? Exactly. You already got what you needed out of of the two games. You know, you're, you're, you're fat and happy. Wow, I love this game even more. Right now, Dallas minus a goal and a half is minus 155. So, I mean, shop around. Maybe you can find it under minus 150. But I'll tell you what, the the longer this day goes on today, this line will increase. So if you're listening now early in the morning, bet it. Uh, if you're listening later in the day and you're like, Scott, it's minus 200. Well, I told you so. <laughs> you know, I mean, just go back in time, right? Hop in the DeLorean, rev it up to 88. If you would like to get a hold of a play on pregame.com, there are many ways to do so. The first thing you have to do is just go to pregame.com. The second thing you have to do is be a member. And if you're not a member, just sign up because all members for the first time signing up get a free $25. That's the best bet right there. It's a three-star play. Just get it. Or $25 off a package. Whatever. It's free $25. Now, if you've already surpassed steps one and two, <laughs> well, I mean, you're you're one of our listeners. We love you. Congratulations. Yeah. Now. Just click on buy picks or pregame pros, find your favorite pro, find a pick that you like, that you want, and buy it. How about this? You want Mackenzie Rivers' game of the month in the NBA, which comes up tomorrow night? What? You can get 20% off of that. And this dude is streaking through the quad into the gymnasium. What's your streak right now at Mac? 10 and 1 in the NBA. 10 and 1 in the NBA. Wowzer, wowzer, 20% off pregame.com if you use our promo code. You want to get an NHL play from myself or you want a discount on the season-long package? Because, listen, we're already in late February. It's going to be March and April. We're headed to the Stanley Cup playoffs. I mean, have you demonstrated? Are you even up like 50 units or anything? You know, 45.4, okay? (laughs) Up 45.4 units on the NHL season. So why don't you jump on board with that? Take 20% off. You want a college basketball bet? 
You want the rest of the college basketball season into March Madness for A.J. Hoffman? Or you want A.J.'s like all access, which includes UFC picks? Will you have John Jones, Cyril gone coming up in two weeks. Will you have a pick for the Paul Fury fight this weekend? Or will you just give it out for free on SOVAM? I'll probably just give it out for free on SOVAM. Okay. Tyson Fury's fighting Jake Paul? No, Tyson Fury's brother <laughs> is fighting Jake Paul. Tyson like Fury. Fury's Tommy Paul. Fury. Tyson Fury's half-brother yeah. is fighting. <laughs> Which Paul is he fighting? Uh, Jake Paul. Jake Paul. Yeah. Okay. So that's like the more legit fighter. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Of the two non-legit fighters. <laughs> yeah. Gotcha. Uh, would you fight a Paul brother? I'd love to. Yeah, I, listen, I'd love to watch that. Uh, uh, although, You'd make a shit ton of money li- when right. when CM Punk went into MMA, uh-huh. I tried really hard to be the one to fight him. Like I was like, I want to fight it because CM Punk said I'm going to fight at 185 pounds. Mm-hmm. I was like, I was. You haven't weighed 185 in years. I, well, at the time, I was I was fighting at 185. <laughs> Uh, but I was like, that's I, a scary picture, by the way. AJ Hoffman at 185, and I talked really to, scary. I talked to Mick Maynard, who's like, the, he's now the UFC's matchmaker. I was like, dude, I'll take that fight against CM Punk. CM Punk, def- he decided to end up fighting at 170 pounds, mm. which was not. Yeah, uh, it wasn't an option. You, you, you for ain't me. getting to that. <laughs> no. So, uh, so I didn't end up getting the call. But they were looking. They're like, we want an O and O pro who can, can make 185. And I was like, I'll do it. I'll do it. And I, I really wanted that fight, but I would um, fight a Paul brother. Why not? Yeah, they, I mean, honestly, listen. You know, you just have to lose on purpose because they'll pay you to lose. Yeah, so that's it. That's right? all I'm looking for. That's just, you got. Okay. <laughs> that's all I'm looking. A lot for. of money. That's it. So, so here's what you got to do: go to pregame.com, take twenty percent off. You're saying, guys, stop talking and give us the promo code. Already, <laughs> In the back okay? of your head, yeah, that's yeah. pride. I know fucking what you're with saying. you. <laughs> here's the promo code because we're all on fire right now. Fire twenty. That's the promo code. Fire20. You get 20% off anything you'd like at pregame.com. I'd recommend, you know, the game of the month in the NBA, McKenzie, 10 in one run. I'd recommend the season and NHL package. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be up 50 units in about a day or so. So just uh, some things to consider. Yeah, UFC, college basketball, everything from AJ. Just do it, guys, okay? Fez has got XFL, too. Griffin Warner's kicking ass. So is J.R. O'Donnell. There's a lot of us at pregame.com that are just on top of our stuff right now. And you can be on board with 20% off using the promo code FIRE20. I said fire. Dallas puts on a good show. I haven't yeah, seen it. Better, better than I've, I've heard, heard tonight. I've heard good things. Ruben Gensurvis <laughs> and AJ Hoffman. I'm Scott Sattenberg. We are straight out of Vegas. AM. Hey, yeah.